The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes towards his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you, and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. We're used to hearing the Beatitudes from St. Matthew's Gospel. The fifth chapter is often read at funerals and other occasions, where we hear the litany of the eight blessed are. But today we hear St. Luke's version. We're in, again, because the, each, uh, each writer depicts things uh, in specific ways, maybe not the same exact event, but maybe another. St. Luke, we hear kind of an alternate set of beatitudes from our Lord. The content is essentially the same, but the manner of delivery is a bit different. In fact, when we hear it, it sounds kind of striking, rather frustrating. Blessed are those who are hungry. Blessed are those who weep. Blessed are you when people hate you on my account. But woe to you who are filled. Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who laugh now. It's a scary thing to hear Jesus say the woes. Because at least with the the blessed are parts, we can kind of make some sense of it. It seems like a a, a reasonable thing. Blessed are, you know, they'll they'll have the reward, right? But, But woe to you. It almost seems at first, at first glance, if we just kind of read it by itself without anything, any other context or anything else around, it seems like Jesus wants us as Christians to be poor, hungry, and sad. Isn't that what it sounds like? Happy are you when you are sad. Right? Happy are you when things are absolutely terrible. When everybody hates you, then you're happy, huh? If we just took it at that, it sounds like Jesus is the craziest man that's ever lived. He doesn't know what happiness actually is. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying he wants us all to be poor and hungry and cast out and all these other things. What he's saying in these list of beatitudes and of these woes 
is he's challenging every listener, including us today, to look at the dispositions of our hearts. Essentially, where do we place our trust? What's our security? Is it in God or something else? Our other readings help us to kind of put everything else in context and to make sense of it all. The prophet Jeremiah gives us an alternate version and description of exactly what our blessed Lord is saying. And then St. Paul, writing to the community of Corinth, tells us why it's an important thing for us to reflect upon. Jeremiah very simply says, Cursed the man who puts his trust in other men, who places his hope in his strengths. Blessed the man who trusts in God. That's our response too, right? Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. It's a simple invitation for us to look at our hearts and to say, if I think that I can find my happiness, if I think I find my security, if I put my trust in this world, I will find myself wanting again. Every one of us has ever been to a crawfish bowl. We know that we fill ourselves to the full with crawfish. Do you feel like you're about to pop usually? And three hours later, you're hungry. <laughs> Every one of us has had that experience of, of, of seeing something in the store, seeing something online, having this, a, a, a desire for, if I just have fill in the blank, then things will be well. And when we get it, things are well for about 15 minutes usually. <laughs> and then we find something else that would make us happier. Something else that our heart desires. Because our heart has an infinite desire. It desires the infinite. And as long as we keep trying to fill it with finite things, earthly things, it cannot be happy. If we place our trust in men, in other people, in ourselves, our own abilities... If we place our trust in, in happiness, in finding happiness in things, in experiences, in, in you know, situations of life. If I just have dot, dot, dot. If we place our trust in these things, woe to us. Because we have missed the thing that will actually satisfy our hearts. We may be happy for a few moments, but we will not be happy in the enduring sense. We will be hungry again, and not very long after. St. Paul reminds us that the reason this is important, the reason that Jesus is reminding us to pay attention to the desires of our heart and where we place our trust, where we place our security, is because if we place our trust only in this life, we are the most pitiable of people. Writing to the community at Corinth, they're... they're Wrestling with the idea of the, the reality of the resurrection. Some saying the resurrection of the body, namely our bodies, especially, doesn't happen. But the resurrection of the body of Christ even is called into question. And Paul says if the resurrection of Jesus has been called into question, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, he never raised from the dead. And if he did not raise from the dead, you are still in your sin and your faith is in vain. You're going to church, your, your practice of the faith is useless because all of this... Everything we do hinges on the fact that Christ has saved us by resurrection. That by his raising up from death, he has conquered all things. And if he is raised, he ascends into heaven. 
and the gates of heaven are open for us. If he has not ascended into heaven, we have no chance of getting there ourselves. That is not where we were born, St. Paul reminds us. He says, if we only follow Christ for what we get in this life, we are fools. If we follow Jesus because it makes us feel good about things. If we follow Jesus because he's a good teacher. If we follow Jesus because it gives us something to do on Sunday mornings to fill up our morning. If we follow Jesus because it makes us part of a community. If we follow Jesus because anything that we satisfy in an earthly need, we are fools. Because we miss the entire purpose of the gospel. Namely that... Christ came to call us to eternal life, not just to enjoy good things for a short time here. All of those things that we receive and by practicing our faith are good. But if they are the only good, then we've missed the mark. If we place our trust in ourselves, if we place our trust in this life, We will have our reward. We'll have our happiness here. But we won't have it there. And that's what these beatitudes and these woes are really about. Is if we hunger a bit now. It reminds us that I'm actually my soul hungers for God. My soul is looking for something to fill it. And again the only thing that can fill an infinite space. Is an infinite thing. God. Our heart desires him. When our stomach churns with a little bit of hunger pain, it's a reminder that our soul longs for God. When we want something but we don't have the money to pay for it, it's a reminder to us that we need God. Whenever we go without, when we suffer something, whenever we are chastised by the community, when we don't have notoriety and fame and importance and honor and wealth and all of these things, it's a reminder to us that God... Is the greatest of goods. And if we possess him, all else is extra. He is our greatest good. St. Thomas Aquinas, a great writer of the church, a doctor of the church, one of the greatest philosophers the church and the world has ever seen. He wrote a, essentially a five-volume work it's called the Summa Theologiae, the Summary of Theology. It's essentially a textbook that we still use today in every classroom 800 years later. And he wrote this incredible work about the Lord, profound in its wisdom and its holiness and its piety. And after completing it, he went to prayer. And in the midst of his prayer with the Lord, because he knew that the study was not the most important piece, finishing the work was not the most important piece, his prayer was the most important piece. He went to pray before the Lord. And the Lord said to him, Thomas, you have written well of me. What would you like? What would you like in return? What would be your reward? And he could have said anything. He could have said, well, I would love, I would love, Lord, that you would take this and use it for your glory. I would love that that people would see the work that I've done. I would love that, that, you know, any number of things that he could have said to point himself. And he said, Lord, I want nothing but you. I want nothing but you. This work, I've written well of you, good, fine, good. But I don't want that. I want you. I want you, Lord. 
Blessed the man who places hope in the Lord. And this is our invitation today. To look into our hearts and to see where do we desire? What do we desire? Where do we place our hope? Do we place our hope in ourselves? That we can make things right? And other people that that can make us right? They can make us right? In things, in wealth, in honor, power, whatever. That we trust in the Lord. Holy and entirely. Placing all of our hope in Him. Again, Jesus does not want us to be unhappy. He doesn't delight in poverty. He doesn't delight in suffering. But He delights in the fact that these things remind us that there is a greater joy. And that joy can be ours. It's free for the taking. All we have to do is place our trust in him. It's not an easy task, but by his grace, he can shape us and mold us, as our opening prayer says, to teach us, to help us, little by little by little. And in the end, every joy that we experience in this world, good though they may be, will fade. And we will have the greatest of joys. Standing side by side, our love, our loved ones, our family, our friends, we pray. But even most importantly, we will have the one who will fill us. We will have our desire. We'll find the fulfillment of St. Thomas' words. Lord, I want only you. Nothing but you. And he will be ours for eternity.